God is in the blessing business. And because you were his child, blessing is your birthright. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. The problem we have is that blessings aren't always easy to quantify or qualify. Some are as simple and straightforward as the sunrise, and others are more difficult to discern, such as the blessing of brokenness. Join us as we dig into the idea of double blessing, how to get it, how to give. All right, good morning, church. We doing good? We're all alive and alert. We got that whole time change thing out of our way. For those of you that are joining us online, welcome. I just got some good news. I was walking through the office. I don't know if you guys know this. Our online ministry, you could watch it anytime after the actual live event right here, but it actually happens live too. And there's a community of, I don't know, 30 to 50 people that actually chat with each other on the live service. And our operations director, Cynthia Wagner, she kind of is uh, there and there's a whole community. There's probably, uh, overall, I think there's around 300 that watch uh, throughout the week. So um, I just found out something pretty cool. My neighbor is watching, I think it's from South Carolina, from when uh, they moved, uh, I think it was that in July. So Cal, hello to you. Uncle Casey in Hawaii, hello to you. We've got people in Colorado and Oregon and all over the place. So thank you for being here today. Um, I know those of you that are online weren't here last night, but wave your hand if you were here last night. It was absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, you hear those things? Try that 300 times all night long. John Stahlberger was going like this last night in his sleep. So um, we had an awesome celebration. The gym was packed. We had a Thanksgiving meal. I think it was 16 turkeys and all the stuff and mashed potatoes. Oh, that sounds really good right now. And then in here, we got to, it was just packed, and we got to celebrate what God's been doing in our church uh, this whole year. And so uh, my favorite part, and it's, it's true every year, and literally I had tears in my eyes last night. There's a point in the service where we show pictures of everyone that has gotten baptized this year at our church and everyone that has joined the church and I'm telling you, it was absolutely amazing, a lot of your faces. And so if you weren't there, everyone was clapping and applauding. And uh, it is so good because really that's what this is all about, isn't it? It's populating heaven is what, 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 why we do what we do. So what we, um, if you're in this community, you know, like West Hills, the San Fernando Valley, we experienced something weird this week. Um, I don't know if you remember, but it was Monday for me. And... Um, there was like this stuff coming from the sky. And I, I was like, what? And then, and, I, and then I saw people walking around with this, right? Um, some of you may have to Google this. Um, it's, a, it's, it's called an umbrella. <laughs> the, the rest of the United States knows what this is. We're like, what? You know? But it was cool, wasn't it, to have some rain? And uh, it, it just uh, reminded me of something that happened uh, this week when I was reading uh, a book called Double Blessing. Uh, the author wrote this, I like to think of the blessings of God as an umbrella. An umbrella doesn't change the forecast. Life will rain pain, that's for sure. But the blessings of God does provide a covering of sorts, an extra layer of protection against the elements. Amen? And I like that visual. You know, I'd pop this open, but some of you'd be like, don't pop an umbrella open indoors. So I'll save that. But think about that. A big, beautiful umbrella 
representing the blessing and that you're holding the handle, do you want God's blessing in your life? Do you want God's blessing in your life? Here, here's the reality. For me, absolutely. Without reservation, I want God's blessing on my life. Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us here today. God, as we were reminded last week, every day, every breath is a gift, a blessing from you. So God, we want to say thank you for another day of life. Thank you for the oxygen that's in our lungs. Thank you for the ability to have all the different things that we do that oftentimes I take for granted. Lord, as we continue to look into your word, I pray that you would help me communicate your thoughts and not mine. God, may we be enriched and may we be under the umbrella of blessing as we look into your word this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. All God's people said... Amen. So I want to jump right into it. The very first point, uh, it, it, it's just write down the word review, because we started a brand new series last week called Double Blessing. And so I'll catch you up uh, for those of you that weren't a part of this. And for the rest of us that can't even remember what we had for lunch yesterday, this will remind us of what we're trying to accomplish throughout this whole series. So review, the very first thing I, I want to share, and it's probably the most important thing, is that we are blessed to bless. Can you say that with me? Blessed to bless. Let's say that again. Blessed to bless. And I, I want you to think about that because I don't want it just in our mind, but I want it in our hearts and our lives. And I want it to be part of what we think about and how we act in life. That really we are blessed so that we can bless. And we talked about this whole idea of original blessing. Do you remember that? Like, like it's really, um, well, at least for me, growing up in the Catholic Church and those of us that grew up in the Catholic Church, you know that it was pounding into our heads, original sin, right? You're a sinner, <laughs> and you've fallen short, and you better be afraid of God. Now, again, that was just my experience, and that's not true for everybody. But we talked about long before there was original sin, there was original blessing. And we looked at God's scripture, and we read that we are created in the image of God. And because we're created in the image of God, that means right out the get, gate, our life is a blessing. Like, like some of us think it's our right to be alive. <laughs> no, it's God's blessing that you're alive. We think we're entitled to have life. You can think all you want, but God can take it away just like that. And so it is truly a blessing to have life. Amen. So we talked about uh, original blessing. We talked about blessing is really a gift. I mean, there's a lot of words. You could use the word favor, but blessing is a gift from God. So that said, I want to remind you that we are blessed to what? To bless. Uh, there's a preacher by the name of Ed Young, and Ed Young says this, we need to get under these things God has put over us so we can get over those things God has put under us. That's good stuff. I didn't say it. We need to get under the, these things God has put over us so we can get over those things that God has put under us. Amen? So there's, there's point one. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number two, 
And this is really the, the core of the sermon. This is the punch of the sermon. Write it down. Obedience. Obedience. Because the question is, if we want to be under the umbrella of God's blessing, how do we do that? Right? Like how? And the answer is obedience. Can you say that word with me? Obedience. Now, say it again. One more time. Obedience. Now, here's the reality. Some of you, that word really stinks. Like, no, and I mean that seriously, compassionately. Like, you grew up in a home that really the word obedience was, was um, not, not healthy. Like, there was power, and there was fear, and there was anger. And so obedience was kind of like a scary thing. And I want to be sensitive to that. I want to tell you something. And I was sharing this with someone this week. Our heavenly father is everything our earthly fathers ought to have been, right? And so some of us are blessed to have wonderful earthly fathers, but some, you know, maybe not so good with earthly fathers or earthly mothers. But I want to say this word obedience is not a negative word in the eyes of the Lord. Can I hear an amen to that one? So obedience. Let's go to um, Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 uh, is, is a phenomenal book. It's in the Old Testament. And as I've been sharing lately, um, I just love that all of, most of you have the version app on your Bibles. That's great. I just want to keep reminding you, we've got bookshelves there with Bibles, like you could touch some Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, please grab one. And I, and I said that last week. And can I just tell you, one of our young men texts me throughout the week and he says, Pastor, I grabbed one of those Bibles. Now what? <laughs> I said, read the book of John. Church, that should do something good to your heart to know that we have a young man that grabbed a Bible and is reading it. I was actually uh, with a, one of our young ladies and teaching uh, the Word of God, and we were joking around, and she was like, yeah, you know, I've got the Bible on my phone, but I also brought my physical Bible, you know? And, and I want to just say this. Last night I got a text uh, from this young lady saying that she's been reading the book of John all week long. And like she, she, I, my words would be, she can't put it down. Church, what does that do for your heart? Is that awesome? So young or old, we got to get in God's word. And so there you have it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2. All these blessings. All these what? All these what? It's a good word. <laughs> all these blessings will come on who? On you. Who's you? <laughs> Some of you are like, ah, uh, <laughs> who's you? You, me, us. Put your name there. All these blessings will come on you and accompany who? You. If, oh, there's that word, if. Oh, yeah. If who? You. Obey the Lord your God. So look at all this you, 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 you stuff. So here's the reality you, you, you equals blessing. Yeah? And that goes back to last week. Our life is a blessing. We have done nothing to deserve life. But here's the other blessing. You and I have been given free will by Almighty God. Now, praise God, we're not a bunch of robots pre-programmed to go around, I love you, I love you, I love you, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, right? Like if my two boys, Easton and Drew, were born pre-programmed, and they entered into life going, I love you, I love you, I love you. I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. As a father, what does that do for you? Like, I mean, that, they, but both of them, I could tell you both of them were around two years old on their own when they first told me, I love you. Right? 
Are you with me? Those of you that are parents, like, are you kidding me? In their own free will, by their own choice. And I'll tell you this, I'm saying it now because he's not in this service. My 15-year-old tells me he loves me all the time. I'm blown away by it. And I do not take that for granted at all. And so we are blessed to have life and we're blessed to have free will, but here's the reality. It's on us whether we're going to be under the umbrella of blessing or not. Our Heavenly Father wants to bless us. It's on us on whether we're going to get under that umbrella. Oh, responsibility. Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other what? God's. God's talking to the chosen people, and he's like, guys, remember, you were under the heavy hand of slavery. You were imprisoned. You had no freedom. You really had no free will because you were being told everything you could do, everything you could eat, what you were allowed to do with your time. Let me remind you, I'm the one that set you free, God says. That's a good thing, amen? But then there's this, verse 7, you shall have no other gods before me. And then if you continue reading on, I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 11, you're going to learn about the golden calf, you're going to learn about all these false gods throughout the Old Testament. And then you come into 2022 and you're like, yeah, I don't have any golden calves in my house. I don't have any Buddha dolls, I don't have any crystals, I don't have any statues, I don't have any paintings that I'm bowing down to and living my life for, so ah, that's, that's not me. Well, I would, I would challenge you and say this, in 2022, a lot of our false gods don't look like that. What could they look like? They could look like a truck. They could look like a house. They could look like a bank account. They could look like a woman. They could look like a man. They could look like an addiction. They could look like success. They could look like failure. Are you with me, church? Comfort. See, these are gods too. Because what's a false god? Anything that is given all of our attention to and taken away from our creator. So if I'm investing all my time and all my thoughts and all my energy into something... Like, all joking aside, you guys know I love sports. And I say this. My testimony is this. I made a decision for Christ at age 18. Before that, sports was my God. Sports is a God. Like, there's people that won't be here on Sundays between the month of September through January because football's their God, you know? And, and I'm just saying, I mean, they, anything that gets all of that attention can be become a God, right? And so... The Lord is saying, you shall have no other gods before me. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. (laughs) This is funny because you're like, oh, I hear this all the time from you, Pastor Rob. Matthew chapter 22, right? Well, long before Matthew chapter 22, you'll look and you'll see this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them. Impress them on who? Blah, 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 blah. Impress them on who? Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road and when you lie down and when you get up. But here it is right here. 
This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to obey him. Why? Because he's a mean God? Because he wants to take us away from living life? Because he's cruel? Because he wants to imprison us? No! That's why obedience is not a bad thing with God Almighty. It may be a bad thing here on this earth. But with God Almighty, the reason he wants us to obey what he has asked of is so that we can have a better life. And some of us are twisting our head thinking, eh. You're just like my parents. They want me home by 10 o'clock at night. You know? They won't let me go out with my friends. I can't just run across the road without looking both ways, right? But the truth is, don't we do that? And so we look at God in this way of like, he's cruel and he's mean. And I'm like, no. The older I get, I realize he is trying to save me from a lot of myself. And I'm telling you, young people, talk to older people. They, they would seriously say, man, if I would have been more obedient to what God wanted for my life, it would have saved me a lot of heartache. Now, I know, I already know. Teenagers, young adults, you're like, whatever, I'm different. You know what I say? Knock yourself out. If you want to choose disobedience, go ahead. You also have to choose the consequences that come with it. But I could save you a lot of heartache and pain. Not not perfection, right? Not painlessness, because that's not Christianity, right? I mean, there's still pain in Christianity. There's still hurt in Christianity. There's still disappointment. But man, God, God's, God's asking us to obey because he wants you to live an abundant life. And so again, it might be wrong for me as a pastor to say this, but I'm like, like here's the reality. I can't make you do anything. I can only put out there what God's word says, and you get to make the choice. And if you want to just be disobedient, I'm not going to stop you. And I'll be here for you. And I'm not going to say I told you so, but in my heart I'll think it. <laughs> and the same truth is for me too, right? It's not like I always choose obedience all the time. But here's, here's can I get into it? Um, yeah, I can because I have the microphone. And Pam Banker said I could, so that matters. This passage says to you and I that have kids, impress these thoughts, impress these rules on your children's heart. Right? Doesn't it say that? And it says whether you're eating or sleeping or walking or driving or playing sports or whatever it is, that's a loose translation. You need to be impressed. And here's the reality. I don't do that. And I said that with my wife and my son sitting here. There's moments I do that. There's times in the day that I do that. But I don't do it all the time. I need to do better at that. And so with that, I want to say something that is my opinion, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Parents, stop being friends to your kids and start being parents. I survived first service. I don't know if I'll survive second service or those of you that are online. But I'm telling you, stop being friends to your children. What your children need is what God created you to be, is a mother and a father. And a mother and a father impresses God's word on their hearts. But you see, what I'm learning, and I just see it by going to Target. I see it by going to a restaurant. I see it definitely coaching sports. 
is that all of a sudden, something's happened in life where we as parents are more concerned about our kids liking us than us being parents to them. And nowhere in Scripture does it say, parents, make sure your kids like you. Because I know this, anytime my parents told me I had a curfew, I didn't like them. And when I wasn't allowed to go out with a certain girl, I didn't like them. And when I had to sit at the dinner table, remember the old days? I had to sit at the dinner table until all of those vegetables were off my plate. I know, I need to go to therapy. You feel really sorry for me. But I'm kidding you not. I, I might have been stubborn. I might have sat there till 9 or 10 o'clock at night, literally. My dad wasn't going to let me go. You know what we do today? Eat your vegetables. Five minutes later, okay, what video game do you want to play with? Like, you know, you see the kid throwing a tantrum in Target, and I know I don't know those situations all the time, but I know this, if that kid's going to throw a tantrum at two years old because he wants the Lego set, and you tell him no, 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 and then five minutes later you see that family in line with the Lego set, who won? That, I'm going to tell you, that never happened in my house, no way. And so my boys, yeah, they're just, they're in therapy now. Uh, <laughs> But I have a lot more money because I didn't give in all those times. <laughs> Do you hear the side sermon? And I say this with love, even with those of you that are teenagers. Your parents aren't out to get you when they say, look both ways before you cross the street. You know, I have a little driveway, a little hill of a driveway, so if both my wife are parked on it, Easton all the time and Drew, guess where they shot down? Right through there with the skateboard. I, I cringed, right? Because you know they could shoot right through that and there's a car at the right time and pick them off like that. I used to get like, Easton, I will take this thing away from him. If you don't, you know? Was that because I'm a bad parent? No, it's because I love my son and I want to prevent him from maybe death. Does that make sense? And so obedience is a beautiful thing. Now again, we may do it wrong here on this earth, Okay, we're not the perfect parents, and your parents weren't perfect, and sometimes they, did, they took that a little too strong, but God doesn't. So when we want to say we want to get under the umbrella of blessing, obedience is the answer. All these blessings will come and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then you will eat and are satisfied. Isn't that awesome? Like, look at all these blessings. You're, I'm going to pull you out of slavery. You're going to be blessed with all these things that you didn't do. By the way, God says, I provided them. And then verse 12, it says, be careful that you do not what? That you don't forget the Lord. Who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery? See, life is a blessing. It's not a right. Every day is a new day because God has blessed us with it. Are you grateful today? Are you grateful that God Almighty has given you the breath of life, has given you the talent that you have? Not all the things that you don't have, but all the things that you do have. 
Are you grateful this morning? Because I am. And when I'm outside of the umbrella, I'm like, I want this and I want that and I need this and don't tell me what to do. And then I find myself back under the umbrella and the blessing of God and I realize how good I really have it. And yes, I don't have all the things lined up like I want to, but I have the essentials. What we just read were all the essentials of life. When they got out of prison of Egypt, this is what they needed. They didn't need video games, they needed food. They didn't need an increase in their salary and benefits, they needed a house. There's a difference between not need and wants. The blessings of God oftentimes are the needs, not the wants. But I'll tell you, a lot of times the wants fall in there too, because that's just how good our God is. Amen? This is fun. Impress on your children's hearts. I would just ask, how are we doing at this? Church, parents, grandparents. Be careful not to forget, the Bible says. Who? You know who's forgotten? Don't get mad at me. America. Not South America. I'm not speaking for South America. I'm speaking for North America. God bless America. And you might like me, and you may not like me after I say this, but I love our country. And I am proud to be an American. I'm not proud of some of the stuff we do, but God bless us. And God has blessed us. Why? Because this country was built on this. And obedience to God's word, not perfection and living it out, but at least we knew what God's word said and we strove for it. And we celebrated veterans on Friday, all these men and women that have sacrificed their life so that we can meet here today and not be threatened by the government shutting us down, at least today in 2022, who knows about the future, all right? But here's what I want to say. God has blessed our country, and I've got a whole list of things. Even today, as messed up as we may seem to be, we are still at the top. We still just, I mean, the numbers are ridiculous, and maybe I'll bring them into here at some point. But, but, but God, God blessed America. But I think part of what we're running into today is we are not impressing God's word onto our children's hearts. And I would go step back further and say the reason we're not impressing God's word on our children's hearts is because we're more concerned about being friends than parents. That's one thing. But because God's word's not impressed on our hearts. You can only pass something on that you have. And we talk about our great-grandparents and look at their rich heritage and we talk about all this wonderful stuff. And again, they're not all perfect. But at one point, we used to have prayer in our school. At one point, the Bible was the most important textbook. At one point, uh, authority, we actually cared about them and respected them and all these things. But I want to say this, it's not too late. And, and, And praise God, we're not the Old Testament. Because let me read to you a scripture Deuteronomy 8, 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. You know, if we were living this way in the Old Testament, God could just go, boom, zap us all out and be done with it. But praise God, we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God, we have the grace. Now, here's what grace does. Grace forgives, but it doesn't erase consequences. 
All right? Now, grace also sometimes takes care of consequences. Sometimes God is just feeling good that day. I'm just joking about that. I mean, God's God. But he can do whatever he wants, right? But the promise of God as we walk in obedience under his son Jesus Christ is forgiveness of sins. But that still doesn't mean that we don't deal with the consequences. And I think as a whole, our country is dealing with some consequences of giving God the middle finger. And that, I, I, I intentionally make that statement because that's what I feel like we're doing. We're like, I got this, we got this, it's entitlement, and we can say whatever we want, and we can feel whatever we want, and we can do whatever we want. And God, you're not even on the radar anymore. Well, I can't speak for the world. I can't speak for our nation. I can't speak for our, our state, and I can't speak for Southern California or even our valley. But I can speak right here and say, you know what, guys? You want revival to happen? It starts with each one of us getting under the umbrella of blessing by walking in obedience. And it gets contagious. Think about if I do that, and then this front row does that, and then this section does it, and that section, and we as a church for the most part, are walking in obedience, then it impacts our culture of our community and our community changes, and then perhaps maybe the valley changes, and then perhaps that impacts other counties near us, and then Southern California changes, and then California changes, and then our nation changes, and then our world changes. And where it all started was right here with Riggs Row on the front row. Does that make sense? That's exciting to me. Now I don't have to worry about how everyone else is doing it. I just need to worry about what I'm doing. Because remember the first passage I read? You, you, you. Come on now. Are you with me? You don't have to like it. You see, we want the blessing of God without the acknowledgement of him. Yeah? Deuteronomy 18, 19. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Well, I have a question for you. Does obedience matter? Does your obedience matter in the context of blessing? I say yes. Deuteronomy chapter 11, 1, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commandments always. It continues on. I was amazed by this, and so I'm just going to rattle through some things, but it's all over Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 11, 13, and 14, so if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your hand in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather your grain, new wine, and olive oil. Deuteronomy chapter eleven twenty two. if you carefully observe these commands I give you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to hold fast to him. Deuteronomy eleven twenty nine. when the Lord your God has brought you into the land you are entering to possess, you are to proclaim on Mount Gerizim the blessing, and on Mount Abal the curses. And this is a picture that I studied a lot of this this week, but again, I don't have time, but you got two mountain uh, ranges that are about 30 miles north of Jerusalem in Israel. They're the highest, almost the highest peaks there. Uh, the the mount, uh, is, uh, mount Gerizim is 2,800 feet high. Like I said, it's one of the highest peaks in ancient Israel. This mountain, the scripture says, is where blessings of God was pronounced. 
And the other mountain is where the curses of God was pronounced. My question is, which mountain do you want to stand in front of? Do you want the curses of God being rained down on you? Or do you want the blessings of God being rained down on of you? Guess what? It's your choice. You get to choose where you're going to stand, under the umbrella or outside of the umbrella. This was the condition. Simply stated all throughout the Old Testament, fully obey the Lord. There is not a better way to position ourselves for godly blessings than good old-fashioned obedience. And please hear me, this is not a health and wealth gospel church. This is not a health and wealth gospel sermon. You're not getting your Tesla after this sermon. You're not getting your house in Lake Sherwood after this sermon. You're not getting a raise after this sermon. We're talking about the blessing of God. Now, if he wants to do that stuff, that's fine. But the blessing is walking in obedience with God. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. And we choose to walk in obedience because we want to, not because we have to. That's where the different light. Religion says you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. But when I understand the cross and what Jesus has done for me, I want to. Does that make sense? Jesus didn't die for religion. He died because of religion. Religion put him on the cross, all the rules and all the laws. But his grace abounds. And if you're taking notes, grace, write that down, number three. Outside of life itself, this is the greatest blessing we have, in my opinion, is because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get to stand under it. And we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of sins, and life eternal. That is huge. That is blessing, amen? We obey because we're loved, not we obey because we have to. You see, when we say yes to Jesus, we come underneath the umbrella. Have you come underneath the umbrella? Have you come underneath his grace? I want to close with Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do in advance. Life could really be hard, can it? And life could be really sad and it could be really unfair. But I want to tell you, God didn't create us so that would happen. And I told you last week, a lot of the pain in this world has to do with our, our own free will to live outside of the umbrella. And so we hurt ourselves and we hurt others. But God so loves us that he sent his one and only son like we just read. He wants us to get under the umbrella of, of, of blessings. And the, way, the only way to do that is obedience. Will you obey?
Will you trust and obey? Father, thank you. Whew, thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that's new every day. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that's provided that for us. Thank you for your blessings that come in so many different ways. God, I pray for every person in this room to find themselves underneath the umbrella of blessing. In Jesus' name, all God's name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Forget all my rebellion